to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move us. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Seventeen of the Hall of Justice. We're glad you have subscribed, glad you're listening, and glad you're with us here as we uh, continue in January. This is the first episode that we've recorded with a new president. Podcast doesn't sound any different, but, uh, you know, hey, listen, there, there's hope. And when there's hope, that's all you need, right? We'll figure out how to get out of this, this virus and we can start doing some episodes outside of this studio and who knows what else. Uh, the title was uh, uniquely selected because there are four uh, Batman stories, Batman or Bat-centric stories. And uh, we just thought, you know, we, we named the show after a building. Why not change the building? And so the uh, Hall of Justice, Airbnbs, the Batcave. So this is the Batcave just for this episode. And if DC comes and tells us to cease and desist, well, then we know we made it. Uh, joining us this week to uh, to hang out and talk about these uh, four uh, Batman stories is the guy who is the uh, director of a, a really cool comic website, Fandom Spotlight. Uh, he and I uh, got a chance to do some wizard panels uh, over the course of this pandemic, and uh, he, he's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, he, he knows his Batman stuff, and he's seen all the things that we're talking about, so he was as qualified as anybody. Uh, Kyle Williamson is with us. Kyle, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Seth, for having me on this amazing podcast. I've heard so much. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, I'm just, you know... I love the name of your podcast. It's awesome. It's a, it's it's fun, and we thought we would have thought by now that we would have gotten the letter from the lawyer. And anytime someone from DC follows me, I get really nervous because <laughs> I just think it's coming. And then you know, because I'm a Prince fan, I always say we'll just go uh, with the the show formerly known as the Hall of Justice, and then we'll be we'll be we'll be just fine. All right, the four stories uh, for Batman. I'll tell all four of them. And then we'll just pick one by one and we'll, we'll kind of dissect uh, all of them. The, the first one, uh, this is the first chance we've gotten a chance to now actually review 
uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon. Uh, we did the podcast where we interviewed the cast. They were awesome. Uh, Kelly Hugh, Michael J. White, Mark DeCascos, uh, David Gentoli. Uh, they were all fantastic. And that was a lot of fun to do it. Now we've seen the movie and we can kind of react. And folks have been able to see the movie so they can kind of react as well. So that's uh, story one. Uh, story two, there is a wicked rumor going on on HBO Max that, and I, I don't know, listen, Kevin Smith's been on this podcast and you know, we, I talked to, to, to all the guys over there all the time. And it's a pretty credible rumor uh, that HBO Max is going to bring back new episodes of the classic Batman, the animated series. And wow, that, that's something to talk about. So we have that on the docket. Uh, Batwoman had their season premiere and last week we had Javicia Leslie, and I can say Javicia, and we had her on the show, and uh, she was great, uh, but Batwoman didn't do very well, and we'll talk about that. And there's been this uh, overlaying rumor that we haven't really touched on the podcast that Michael Keaton is going to be the uh, the Batman, the, the center force of the Batman movies going forward, and uh, there's all kinds of thoughts on that. Which one do you want to do first, Kyle? Let's talk about Soul of the Dragon because that was just bizarre. It's unique. <laughs> it, it, it's it's unique. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon is set in the 1970s. Um, there's Which never been an any choice. animation on the 70s. Uh, there's been comic books. I mean, Denny O'Neill used to do comic books in the 70s, and Batman in this movie looks like that. Uh, there's no secret. Um, I just don't know who the audience is for that movie. It's very 70s. It's an homage to the black exploitation films or the, the kung fu movies of the 70s. Um, but who watched those movies that's into Batman movies? Like, I, this sounded like they said to Bruce Tim, do whatever you want. And he was like, you know what? I've never seen a, ba a Batman movie, but I read the comics of the 70s. I want to see Batman in the seventies. And that was literally, they said, okay, sure. And it literally, that's what it feels like. Well, and it was also, they have a, a main character, Richard dragon, yep. who, who at one point was a spitting image of Bruce Lee. Um, you know, he had the exact same outfit and it, it almost seems like someone said, you know, I would love to do, a Bruce Lee style animation, but I need to get backing and I need people to watch it. So if I attach Batman to it and I will have my ability to do it because I have to say watching it, I'm like, we don't even meet Bruce Wayne, but yet we don't see Bruce Wayne for a while. We see this ultra cool gentleman of Asian descent, but he's smooth. He's a great fighter. Apparently, by the end of the movie, you find out he's a better fighter than Batman um, that's even mentioned. So he's like, Batman is the worst fighter on the team he puts together, which is weird. And yeah, it was almost like they wanted to highlight these other characters more than Batman. He's barely in the costume for maybe, I don't know, what would you say, 15 minutes of the movie? But although that is one of the great lines when they're it's in the towards the beginning when they they, they reunite uh, and and Richard tells the other guys, he says, 
you know, Bruce has a mask. <laughs> you might want to get that mask. <laughs> <laughs> he acts like a totally different person. Right. He's like a totally different person. <laughs> Lady Shiva is like, you're the Batman. You know, just like, yeah, it, it was amazing. And then having, yeah, when he she was. Has, uh, she has the best line in the end, at, at the end of the movie, where she says, I'll take the woman, La Lady Eve. She goes, I'll take the woman. Her outfit offends me. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I told her that. I said, you know, she has she has that line. And then she says, uh, she said when she says, you're the Batman? Like, I've heard of you. Like, it, it's almost like Batman starts, but Batman starts in the 70s. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. And it's, I don't know, man. It, it, it's just, it's unique. And I, I say this the way, you know, uh, how do I, how do I phrase this? I'd rather see it than not. Yeah. It's definitely not the worst of, of, of these movies, but I just, I don't know who the target is. And that, that usually you can tell, you know, when, when they do the dark Knight returns, you, you, you know exactly who's watching that. Um, everyone who's seen that, loves that character and that world that Frank Miller created mm -hmm. and you see it. This is an original story based on an era that I don't know that anybody's even seen collected. <laughs> it just, it was very entertaining to watch. And I won't say it was a misstep. It was definitely a weird sidestep on the, you know, a misstep with DC animation, which is rare, but um, Killing Joke. Um, you didn't like Killing Joke? Well, the whole sex with Batgirl thing. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, we can go on it. You want to do five minutes on that? I you want to do five minutes on how Batman having horizontal mambo with Batgirl is a good idea? <laughs> it's an homage to, to Batman Beyond. Totally. Batman Beyond... If you remember Batman Beyond, I do remember the, it. The 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 floored moment is when B Barbara Gordon takes Terry McGinnis out to like a coffee shop, and they figure it. And 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 he says, you know, you're talking about Dick, and she says, no, Bruce. And people are like, what, what? And that was shocking because that was original. This one, they were trying to give context, and they needed to extend that book. And they they had the homage, and I I didn't hate that. I I know a lot of people thought it was weird. I I don't know. Maybe I'm more progressive than people. I I don't know. I I thought it was great. I thought Killing Joke was great. I thought Hamill was great, and Conroy was great. Well, Hamill is always great. Conroy always great. I mean, it's not the voice acting. It was the that decision. It just I don't know. It's kind of like he's her mentor. And then he decides to bag her. It just seemed really. Well, she decided to. Yeah. I mean, it was con obviously didn't consensual. Just get to. But I just see Batman as someone who's very controlled and would be like, this will complicate things really badly. It's a bad idea. I don't care what my gonads are saying. I'm going to just let this one go. Huh, you know, okay. so that's where I thought it was out of character. You no, know, we in, in in one of the my favorite episodes Victor and I did on the on the podcast uh, was we ranked all the movies. We mm -hmm. did it two years ago, so there's been a, a ton since. 
And it, I, but I'm trying to think of ones that I didn't. I didn't like Batman versus Robin. Yeah, it's eh. Killing Joke didn't bother me in the slightest. I Killing Joke was the book. I mean that that's all it was. Well, the book was definitely you know what they put in of the book was there, but yeah, they extended it quite right. a bit. Right. And they so made a movie. Uh, anyway, back. All right. So our verdict on Soul of the Dragon, I would say, it's not the worst of the Batman movies, no matter how you rank it. <laughs> I just don't know who. I I just don't think I'm the audience, and you know. I've known just by being a Bruce Tim fan, I've known that Bruce Tim is eight years older than me. You know, I've been reading about this guy since the days of Wizard Magazine. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, once once uh, I saw this, it, it literally just sounds like here, here, here's a here, here, you do whatever you want. Like here, you can do whatever you want. And Warner Brothers made them make that cinematic universe that that culminated with Apocalypse, uh, Justice League Dark, uh, Apocalypse War, or whatever is that what it's called? Um, Something like that. And it's that that's the best one of them all. Like that that movie's incredible. That that movie is Endgame before Endgame because they wrote that before Endgame came out, and they made them do what. 11, 12 of those movies in continuity, and now they're free to do whatever they want. So they're doing all these different movies. Uh, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, uh, you know, that that came out, they, that had no, you know, Superman, Red Sun. There, there's no tie-in to all of these. They're just, hey, you want to do this one? You want to do Gotham by Gaslight? Go for it. Here you go. <laughs> and th- th- that's that's what it feels like. That's what Gods and Monsters was. Um, and I think that's where Soul of the Dragon fits. It's just, it's another one of those. It's like, you know, I couldn't do these types of movies because we had to do the continuity. But the, here's one that I thought of while I was really high. Right, what if what we had do. Batman right. in the 70s? <laughs> right. And that that's what I'd like to, you know, I, I just would love to know. You know, we had uh, James Tucker on the show. Uh, a couple of times and you know he he's a sieve he's he can he's nonstop uh, um uh, information and he he and he left right after apocalypse war and once he left you could see that it's it's i don't want to call it rudderless cuz there it's by design but you've seen what the next two are it's justice society world war 2 where it's literally the justice society it's 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 you know, um, uh, you they have know, quite a cast. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible, and it has it has Alan Scott, and it has Jay Garrick, and it also has Barry Allen, which I don't know how that happens, but again, that's the story. And and then they're doing the Batman, the Long Halloween. It's like literally, it's it's that's why I said it, this is not a crime that they're coming out with these things. I'd rather have them than not. Yeah, it's just there doesn't seem to be a, a common direction anymore. All right, we got four stories here, and we're going to be here <laughs> all night. Uh, okay, so let's stay in animation, and let's go to uh, this rumor. And, you know, I'll give Kevin Smith credit. He's dialed in. Uh, the rumor is HBO Max uh, wants to do new episodes of Batman the Animated Series 
for HBO Max. The, 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 you know, in continuity with the original show and the new Batman adventures, you know, Tim Drake is Robin and Dick Grayson's Nightwing. I mean, this is what I, I've heard. Um, and it's just a continuation. What's your initial reaction? Well, I, I did. When you told me about this story, I looked it up and it looked like Evan Smith is saying, this isn't something they're thinking about. This is something that is like, you know, is happening, but without actually saying it's happening. Right. I it mean, hasn't been announced, but it's happening. Right. Now, it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they actually did a continuation from the animated series in comic book form. They did, yeah. Uh, Paul um, Dini was involved. Yeah, the Batman the Adventure continues. So, I mean, if they're able to stick to the quality, I mean, would it be horrible to see that? I'm sure Kevin Conroy would be like, hey, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll be happy to be Batman. I'm always happy to be Batman. Um, I'm sure the actors would be on board because actors like to work. I mean, the I, ones it's that quite are... possible because it's such a classic Batman thing. I don't know if it's a good idea to, to return to that because um, there's also been so much that's happened since then. You know, like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and all the movies in between and Batman beyond and then Batman beyond. So it's like, I don't know that we necessarily want to go to a Batman uh, animated continuation. I'd actually love to see a Batman beyond continuation Uh more than I'd want to see a Batman, the animated series continuation. Well, um, or beyond beyond have it like Terry's an old guy. And now he's training the next Batman. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I'd rather see, I, to be honest, I'd rather see uh, Justice League continued. Yes, absolutely. Justice League died before it's time. It was such a good show. And I started and you rewatching can incorporate it. Batman stories into it. Like you, what I'm saying is the way, the way I see it is continue all the shows and just do continue to do quality stories. The thing that Batman, the animated series did was, was original. Mm-hmm. And can you continue to be original? If you can, great. You know, it it, it doesn't mean any, any less. But it, I'm not anticipating that the same way I'm anticipating uh, the new Spider-Man movie, right? You know, or Into the Spider-Verse two, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm just using those as examples. Um, there are things that you know. It's so funny because, to be honest. I've been let down so many times recently by stuff that I've just been so enamored with. You know, I've said on this podcast a bunch of months ago when Mulan was announced to go to Disney plus for $30. And I said, I wouldn't pay $30 for Mulan, but I'd pay $75 for wonder woman. Mm -hmm. Then I saw wonder woman. and I was like, Oh my God, did I really say that? And, I need to be paid $75 to see Wonder Woman. <laughs> and then and then in WandaVision, and I don't want to do a whole review of WandaVision. I want to wait to see, you know, wait for it to come out and let's see it all and review it. But WandaVision is the first thing since Avengers Endgame that you're seeing. And I was like, what? This? 
And I want to defend Marvel for a second because Marvel, they didn't plan on this. They wanted Falcon and Winter Soldier to be the first one out of out of Endgame, and COVID, you know, had something to do with that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that if if Falcon and Winter Soldier was really satisfying, I think we'd have a longer leash with WandaVision. But this, you know, I'm just like, oh my god, it's another time I've been I've been racing to my remote. I've been dying to see this stuff and i'm just like oh my god what a letdown well i'm hoping that wandavision turns out to be a lot more i'm hoping it's much more like say if you ever watched dollhouse shaw sweden's dollhouse i started watching it several episodes in i'm like yeah i'm kind it's kind of losing me and then everything changed and it became this really good show um, and I think that's what happens with a lot of, you know, well, Joss Whedon, when he did Buffy, that was pretty much good out of the gate. Um, but yeah, I think it, with Dollhouse, I was like, I really want to watch this because I want to support Joss Whedon because we didn't know everything we knew about him that we know now. But <laughs> yeah. I wanted to watch the show. I wanted it to go on. And I'm like, I'm really trying in fact, I did give up on it, and then I heard it's suddenly really good, and I'm like, crap, I gave up too soon. So I'm hoping that's the case with WandaVision. And we have Emma Caulfield in it already, so maybe <laughs> maybe that's a hint. Like, Right, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. More on the Hall of Justice, but first a message from DC Comics and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, Stargirl, the complete first season. Stargirl was on the DC Universe, then moved to the CW, and it is a great show. And I'm not just saying that. It's now available on digital, Blu-ray, DVD. It's available September 29th, so next week, if you're listening to this, on the day that it was released. It's about Jeff Johns and his career in comic books. He created Stargirl, lovingly inspired by his late sister, who was killed in a plane explosion. Courtney Whitmore, as she inspires an unlikely group of young heroes. It's cute. It has legacy in D.C. There's the Justice Society of America, and then there's these teenagers, and the villains have arcs to them. And we had Nelson Lee on the podcast, and he talks about the series. And even though you don't ever see his face, (laughs) we didn't know that at the time, uh, he's great, and the storylines are great. We're not going to spoil the end, but it was a great first season, and it got renewed for a season two. Breck Bessinger is great. She's fantastic. We told you about Nelson Lee. Amy Smart's in it. Luke Wilson, uh, old school himself. Luke Wilson is in it. Uh, he's great, too. Um, the whole show is just a lot of fun. And again, it was originally DC Universe. It's ne- it was then on the CW. That's where I saw it, and now it's out on Blu-ray, digital, and DVD, and it's great. And it can play with Voodoo and iTunes and all the available retailers that you can find. Uh, If you're quarantined and you haven't seen this yet, it's a great show. It's really enjoyable. Um, I would say it's as good as anything else of the CW, and uh, if you watch The Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's in it. It's it's part of it. So uh, it's all connected. Stargirl, the complete first season, is currently available to own on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Now back to the show.
Batwoman. Um, yeah. All right. The the story that I went into this, and I'm on record as saying, when Ruby Rose announced that she had left, and the pandemic was impacting all the CW shows, I said, take the crew, don't fire anybody, take the crew of Batwoman and put them on that Green Arrow and the Canaries show, and nobody loses a job, and that way you continue a show that wants to get made and fans want to see as opposed to something that I don't think we were dying for when Ruby Rose was there. And if she's gone, and I know this is a not unpopular uh, uh, thing because of the you know political climate, but this felt like Coy and Vance coming in to drive the general Lee as opposed to Bo and Luke. That that's an old reference, but that's what it felt like. And um, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was confused who the hell are Coy and Vance when I saw them on the Dukes of Hazard. Coy and um, Vance came in because there was a contract dispute yes. with John Schneider and Tom Wopat, and they brought these other two guys in, and it was that like were cousins or whatever. And I was like, who are these dudes? And Javicia Leslie is is gorgeous, first of all, and she was she's 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 superb as an actress. The, her story's not compelling. I'm not uh, interested. I, I don't I'm not I'm not hooked into her yet. And every supporting character in that show has something unresolved with Kate Kane. Yep. I, I'm sorry that, that now show when is... they when the note was read, was that actually Ruby Rose reading it? Because it didn't sound like her. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, and it's like <laughs> they the girl who plays Sophie. Have... She was reading it. Yeah, but they couldn't have at least had her look. I, we know you're leaving the show. Here's a hundred bucks. Read this letter into a I mic. I think she left on really bad terms. That's I look. I, I that's speculation on my part. I don't know. I, I'm not an insider when it comes to this. My instinct is they wanted her out, and she wanted out. And this wasn't a no, Ruby, please stay. Um, and I don't think they. I think they showed her the door, and I don't think she ever looked back. She hurt herself pretty bad. And she didn't want to do it. And she was making life difficult for them. And they just decided to make this move. My my argument is Berlanti at that moment has to say, you know, it's done. And if it's done, it's an afterthought. Mm -hmm. No one no one says, oh, my God, you know, Ruby Rose ended this legacy of this Batwoman. It, it's not even Batgirl. It's 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 a storyline that's a side storyline that mm -hmm. we weren't dying for. And if you think about the plot, Bruce Wayne is missing, and now Kate Kane, who is supposed to try to find him, she dies mysteriously. And who's this other lady? She's Coy right. Vance. And <laughs> the weird thing was, it it's very coincidental that. Her She's homeless, living in a van that is right by where, where the plane crashes. Spoilers, she grabs yeah. a suit. She happens to also be a martial artist. She also happens to have a personal connection where her mother was killed by Alice's crew. So her she's yeah. wants, you know, adopting adoptive mother. So she wants to actually put on the suit and go after Alice. So it's like 
there's a lot of coincidences. I mean, a lot of times there are coincidences. A lot of the stuff in the 80s, like you'd watch Knight Rider and he'd decide to take a vacation to a no-name town where it just happened to be that the sheriff was running some scam and he had to break it up. The coincidence upon coincidence. It's one of the first episodes of this podcast we did was a Knight Rider show. So, yes, (laughs) I do remember every vacation Michael Knight took. (laughs) And he never went to anywhere fun. Right. (laughs) It's always like, I'm going to go and see the real America. His son went to some island. Do you remember that? The first time he goes away, he's going undercover. Michael Knight yeah. Jr. or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually gave up on that show. I kind of want to go back because I understand that they had their own car. Yes, C-A-R-R at some point. So I'm yeah. going to probably check it's that continuity out. Continuity flaws all over the place. Yeah. But regardless, this whole thing with Batwoman, she just happens to be in her van. The plane crashes near her van she's able to go she finds you know the complete set of batwoman stuff it's not like gauntlets are flying around it's all like in one spot which obviously happens in a crash (laughs) It, it just there was a lot of suspension of disbelief that was required for her to acquire the suit and all these coincidences that she's like oh well she's She's a martial artist. She'd be able to teach at any dojo, except, you know, she got caught with drugs, which we still don't know anything about that part of it. But, well, my question, and I don't know how well you you seem to know your CW stuff. It's actually one of the things that I thought of when we, we found out Victor couldn't do the show, and I immediately reached out to you. And one of the things that I, you seem to really know your, your CW stuff, if this is a sitcom, not a WandaVision sitcom, but a like a, a real sitcom, like a like a you know Tim Allen sitcom, uh, and it dies, and the ratings were brutal. And I'll get to the ratings in one second. But if the ratings are really bad, would they cut bait on? Would would the CW cut bait on something, or do you think there's a series order that they need to hit a certain number of episodes? And if that number happens to be twenty, there's going to be twenty episodes of Batwoman. I think that they're more likely to cut down if they, uh, I don't know how many episodes they've shot already, but if the ratings are horrible and continue to stay horrible um, and they don't get a lot of pickup on rewatches and on, you know, CW seed or however else they uh, promote this show, I think they will cut it down there is no cw big crossover this year so it's not like batwoman is an essential part of anything so there's no uh yeah we don't have to worry about you know interrupting some new crisis on new earths or you know what what would the next one be um trying to think I just read, I just read, I have to change the subject that uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel started production during the pandemic. And last year they had like a full crowd for every one of her stand-up routines. And mm-hmm. now they're going to digitally insert the people <laughs> oh. because they, for COVID concerns, they're not going to bring all these people. So she's going to perform in empty arenas and they're going to CGI people into it. And it just made me think of that with the pandemic and everything like that. Um, 
no, you can't do a crossover because people have to stay, you know, spread apart. And yeah, supposedly they haven't said how many episodes I've looked everywhere, how many episodes they're committing to all of these shows that are starting in January. And now they announced that the flash is starting in March. Yeah, it's it's March of one. How long do you think you're going? And well, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if they start the flash in March and actually go over the summer with new episodes. But then, um, but then when, then when do they break? They break in the fall. I, I've never been very happy that there are certain parts of the years when it's all reruns, you know, it's like, yeah, but I think in this day and age of streaming and everything, I think that model is just for network television. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that model is just like this summer, you're going to see uh, the Falcon, the winter soldier. You're going to see Loki. You know, you're not going to you're not going to have nothing to watch. It's not going to be the summer where you're going to be watching, you know, Family Ties reruns. What's wrong with Family Ties reruns? You know, <laughs> well, that's like when the pandemic hit and I was like, I'm catching up on all these shows. I saw Ozark and I'm watching all these shows and people are like, I'm watching classic basketball games. I'm like, why? There's so much stuff. There was so much good content. I didn't understand. Well, you know, we did have a Family Ties uh panel at wizard world but that's uh oh, i bet they did i bet they did with michael gross from tremors um but <laughs> yeah i i have to say i don't know if the cw former arrowverse i don't know if it'd be the flash first now because that's the oldest show of the group i don't know if it can really even continue that far along i mean when you compare it to shows like doom patrol and titans it's like crap um they're already we're losing supergirl which is yeah. not a horrible thing in my opinion or the opinion of my girlfriend well but no but you're bringing it in you're replacing it with superman and lois with the, with the two teenage sons and i'm not sure I, i'm I'm taking a whole, I like Tyler Hoechlin, but I'm taking a big wait and see on that. Yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up about that. I, I do think Tyler is a great Superman. He has the attitude a lot more than what Henry Cavill, who's a great actor, but he was told to play this super dark Superman and he did his job. And I, I much prefer the Tyler Hoechlin uh interpretation which is kind of much more like um you know christopher reeve or even brendan routh yeah yeah it seems so it. It seems I, i'm i'm cautiously somewhat i i don't even want to say optimistic but i'm interested in seeing what they do with that i can't say i'm that interested in batwoman even the flash is losing me because uh and it could be because they had to cut things a little short the last season, but the storylines have been getting kind of convoluted, convoluted and kind of, but at the same time, repetitive. And we're losing uh, Ralph Dibney because someone couldn't control his tweets. We're losing, you know, so it's, there's a lot of things that are changing and I don't know how much longer the CW Arrowverse is going to be a going concern. They may just eventually scrap it and turn to 
you know, HBO Max being the place well, where they have they're just, the better you know, shows. Berlanti, but Berlanti has Titans. They're getting a season three. Green Lantern's coming. And supposedly it's all connected. You know, Berlanti is, it just doesn't have to be on the CW. And uh, I don't think the superhero show is going anywhere. I would not be surprised. Uh, Grant Gustin said recently that uh, they're only signed through seven. So um, I could see, I could see the flash winding up. Um, and then you really will only have the Superman show uh, unless legends continues and you might go to two, but two on the CW where, whereas HBO max will have more. And again, with these streaming services, it's the British model of, you know, seasons are shorter. And mm-hmm. you just have, you know, 8, 10, 13 episodes, not these 22 episode marathons. Yeah, I think that's a mistake that like the Marvel superhero uh, shows on Netflix made is they committed to making a certain number of episodes. And the storylines in some cases didn't encompass that many episodes. Right. It was stretched. Yeah. So we, they had to, you know, that. even though it wasn't 22, it was like, 12 or 16 or it was whatever 12 and you in the and the story culminates at eight right yeah yeah so age and iron fist yeah i mean the first se- season of jessica jones was was pretty perfectly paced yeah it was it was perfect that could be arguably the best thing marvel's done i've said that on the podcast this first season of jessica jones stands up with anything else marvel has done yeah the the later seasons not so much um, I do have to say that the last season of Daredevil, I thought was incredibly well done. Um, after kind of a not as good season two. So, but yeah, I, I do like I do like the thought of episodes. They don't have to force them to be forty two minutes. If they don't have, if they they could have a thirty minute episode of The Mandalorian, and it's so much better quality than a 42 minute episode of anything else right you're putting you're, you're right you're, you're spending more money on each episode and they're shorter and that's that's the model and that's that's the difference now let me give you some numbers on batwoman that will defend the ratings remember i asked you this the, the, this conversation started with would they cut bait on batwoman and i don't think the statistic is fair and again, I'm not supporting the show per se, but I have to see what happens after this. Number one, this episode, this season premiered in January versus September. Yeah. So 80% is a big difference. And there was a really big football game uh, going on right during the premiere of Batwoman, which was the Drew, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady showdown, the Saints and the Buccaneers. And if you're going to look at linear television, not streaming, you're going to see that a lot of people are watching that football game when the CW is telling you, don't worry, it's on our app tomorrow. Yeah. And so that's part of it. And I think that, you know, those factors, the January factor versus the September, I just don't think it's an apples to apples comparison. So to say Batwoman's down 80% from season one, I just don't know that that's fair. I would say no. I, I agree entirely. I was not one of the people watching that particular football game. In fact, uh, thank you for telling me that there was one on at that point. I just didn't watch Batwoman because I was like, 
ah, uh, it's on my DVR. I can watch it. So I watched it today, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and my girlfriend, who normally watches all the geeky stuff with me, um, she is the one who insisted we watch Deep Space Nine um, together, Is uh, did not want to watch the opener of Batwoman. So I think there's less interest because of Ruby Rose leaving. Um, right. I, I think... I don't think it had a super strong first season to begin with. Um, and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble at all. A lot of people were very supportive of the show because they had um, Ruby Rose on it, who I believe was actually lesbian in real life. Right. And playing a lesbian character, the representation. And I think that is great as far as that's concerned, but that does not necessarily doesn't make a show better it doesn't make a show better it makes a show different it doesn't make a show better it doesn't make it worse either either right it it just to me it was a great represent yeah it was a great representation but it doesn't affect the writing of the show or the you know the plot lines or the arcs or any the, the character development and the character development frankly you know from from my standpoint was it's all deals with with Kate Kane it was it's all I mean Luke's storyline um, the father's storyline Alice's storyline uh, the Sophie's storyline Alfred Pennyworth's daughter's storyline like they're all connected to, to Kate Kane none of it has anything to do with this girl and why does she get the costume I, I don't know I, I, I don't... well I also think that the mistake that they made with the show is right out of the gate they were concentrating on kate kane's personal life almost to the exclusion of the fact that she was fighting crime it was like it it was basically the story of a woman who was treated unfairly by society because of her orientation she has unresolved issues with her ex she's got a lot of uh hangups with her family and oh by the way she found a batman costume that her cousin used to have and modified it right, and she just found it right she just found it anyway kate kane as batwoman is because they started out with you need to care about this character not we're introducing this character she's doing some good stuff and letting us grow attached to her as time goes on i do want to see where it goes and i'm a completist you know i've i've said if i start something i finish it so I'll see every, every, I'm a P1, you know, I'll see everything that universe comes up with. I just wonder about it. We'll be back with more of the Hall of Justice, but first I have to tell you about another podcast I do. And yeah, we talk about it from time to time, but anybody who knows my career knows it's a sports broadcasting career. Yes, I love the Hall of Justice so much. I also started a podcast that is called Sports with Friends. It's a play on words because my mother always played words with friends. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to see if I have as many friends in the industry that could come on a show and be open and honest and have a friendly chat? So I started the podcast and said every guest is a friend. But then I found out that some of my friends are in PR and they book guests for the show. They've asked me to put people I'm just meeting. 
So now, every guest is a friend or a friend of a friend. We play Jewish Geography. Some of the past guests on this show can be really close friends like Dave Softy Mahler or Andrew Siciliano. And some of them are big icons that are also friends. Ken Griffey Jr. thinks he made my career. Martin Brodeur, the best goalie in the history of the NHL. And we also tackle big topics. We'll find out about cord cutting for a sports fan or the life and death of Kobe Bryant. And then there was Nancy Lieberman's appearance. What a story she had to tell. And then there's Eli Manning, who's been on the podcast five times and counting. All I know is if you listen to Sports with Friends, you'll hear some great guests. You'll hear so many stories, and you'll feel like you know not only them, but me. Check out Sports with Friends wherever you can get your podcasts. If you're listening to this one, I guarantee you, you'll find Sports with Friends right there. Final story. Let's do uh, our final story in our final minutes here. Um, the story, the facts are Michael Keaton is going to reprise his Batman role in the Flashpoint movie that I went from not giving a crap about to now I'm interested. Mm-hmm. And okay, you have my attention. The rumor is that Michael Keaton is going to be in more movies going forward. And the rumor is eventually they're going to start a live action Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton as an older Bruce Wayne and you bring in a young kid and voila, you have a live action movie with today's technology. Batman Beyond would, would, would be a monster. Uh, it was a great show as an animated series. It was brilliantly done. Um, if they bring the same gravitas to it, you could. And if you tie in those Tim Burton movies, I think people would love it. Um, I don't know what, what, what say you, what, what's, what's your reaction to Michael Keaton? And is this something, I, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I do love the fact that he's reprising his role in flashpoint. I was interested in flashpoint cause I love the flashpoint paradox. I loved, you know, the animated one. I, and I wanted to see, and Ezra Miller, I think plays a different kind of flash than Grant Gustin, but I think he's a fun Fun Flash, and I loved his appearance in Brief Though It Was in Crisis, um, this last CW crossover. So I've been looking forward to Flashpoint, but I've never been sure if it's going to happen because I say, yes, it's going to happen. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I mean, I have a, uh, a panel recording um, on my YouTube channel from, I think, 2018 with Ezra Miller talking about you know, the flash and things happening with it. And it's like, here we are. And it just turned 2021 and it's still not happening, but I do love the fact that Michael Keaton's coming back. And I think it would be a great thing for him to be in a Batman beyond. I don't know what other roles though he could play in between there. I mean, what, what are they saying that he would be regular Batman? They'd have to do some major (laughs) de-aging on him to be make him regular Batman for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. You know, I was saying before that I have uh, all kinds of anticipation for the Spider-Man movie. I want to see this Flashpoint movie. I'm interested. I, 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 they have my attention. 
and you're tying in all these other characters. I'm cool with that. That's interesting. This It's all very, very interesting. They're trying to play to the heartstrings, you know, but um, I don't think I don't think that people need to have just one Batman. You know, I, I think this Pattinson, you know, no offense to, to Robert Pattinson. He seems like a fine fellow. I haven't seen anything that's like, oh, my God, I need to see this. I haven't gone there yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, t- we'll take, take your word for it. Um, I like the idea that Affleck's going to be in Flashpoint, too. Yeah. I, I think it's very... I, I love the multiverse concept. I love the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. I loved seeing all those cameos of, you know, you had Birds of Prey show up. You had Doom Patrol. You had Titans. You had all these things tied in. And it said, yes, it is all valid. And that was great. Um, But yeah, with the... uh, I've always thought that Ben Affleck made a good, older, bitter Batman. Um, I think Keaton will make an even better, older, bitter, a much older, bitter Batman. So, yeah, I think it's great to see multiple Batmans in this. So I am very excited for Flashpoint. Um, Apparently, this is going to be the last one that Affleck's going to appear in as Batman. Last movie will be Flashpoint. We, We hear so we hear but we also thought chris evans was done as captain america well have first that rumor came out that he was talking about it and then he said this these talks are news to me so has it come out with more things that say that he's basically trying to misdirect us who knows who you know who knows let, let them all look social media is fun you know if this is where they want to go I, i'm fine with it um you know, he takes those stones at the end of Endgame. He takes those stones back into the timeline. God, that's a treasure trove of, of, of stuff. And if you want to have him uh, re- reintroduce himself to Peggy and you want to see them live happily ever after, but he can't stop being Captain America, go get him. That's my whole thing is if he went back in time and met up with Peggy, sure, they could live together in whatever time, but he's going to still be out there doing stuff. And how can he not like save Bucky, you know, knowing right. that Bucky is frozen somewhere, you know, right. it's like, cause he would know. Right. Yeah. He knows all this stuff. There's been some great parody stuff about, Oh, you know, this is about to happen <laughs> or like uh, JFK is going to be in Dallas this weekend. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Well, yeah a lot of stuff with that but getting back to um keaton i think it'd be great keaton is one of the most popular batman ever i have a friend of mine who cosplays only the keaton batman (laughs) um because that is his batman not saying christian bale didn't do a good job we don't mention clooney um you know even val kilmer did a, a good job but michael keaton just when he was cast for the role, I remember there's a lot of people saying, Beetlejuice, really? As Batman? That was Twitter before Twitter. Yeah. But he did an amazing job. I remember being in the theater when Batman came out, opening night, 
and the crowd was freaking out every scene. Um, then I went to you know I watched it like a week later, and the crowd was like, "Eh, it's all right." I don't know if they'd seen it before or what, but it was just an amazing movie when it debuted. And yeah, I think it'd be great to see him come back as an older Bruce Wayne. I'd love to see Batman Beyond if they did it right. Um, obviously, DC does a lot better with their animated stuff than their live action. You know, a few exceptions, Titans being one of them. But yeah, I'm saying I'm all for it. All right. But did you hear Danny DeVito is potentially coming back as the Penguin? But he died. And he's great in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but lots of... It's a multiverse out there, so... It's a multi... Well, that's the same thing as Alfred Molina. Like, when does when does he come into the universe? Is it before the end of Spider-Man 2? Yeah. It's uh that's that that's the that's the that's the rumors. Uh hey, how can people find you online? Tell us. All right. Well, if you want to check out Fandom Spotlight, where we have lots of news and um videos, you can go to fandomspotlight.com or you can go to YouTube and just search for fandom spotlight and you will find our channel. And we have I think like 900 videos. You know, so a little bit of content for you to spend some time with. Uh, we have convention panels from both live and virtual. Um, virtual from the past, like, nine months, ten months, <laughs> something like that. But uh, we have things from all kinds of cons, um, interviews with lots of celebrities, and fun videos and things about everything from Doctor Who to... Star Trek to superhero stuff. Um, we have a Supergirl cosplayer who does not like the Supergirl show. And she talks about many of her reasons why in one particular video. Um, <laughs> so yeah, lots of stuff that you can find. And of course, it's Phantom Spotlight. It's Spotlight is S-P-O-T-L-I-T-E. But it's Phantom Spotlight on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and fandomspotlight.com. There you go, man. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, helping us Airbnb here uh, in the Batcave, man. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kyle Williamson, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, we hope you enjoyed all the Bat Talk. We uh, we, 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 t we touched on everything uh, here on, uh, on this Bat-centric episode. Uh, we've got plenty more, so make sure you subscribe and check it out check it out